This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's the Score North Twin Show. And today we're going to dive into the comment section, boys. After we light ourselves Reckless speculation. on fire on the hot stove. Let's do it one more time. Can't get enough of this. Oh, Reckless speculation. Right there. Right there. I don't think the goal is for the hot stove to actually blow up. No. It, 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 we need it to blow up. But it's, yeah, it's for, like, effect. Oh, it's way more fun. I'm not saying it's not. I it's going to blow up when Shohei, when Shohei signs a new contract. Reckless yeah. speculation. Not with the Twins, probably. But, uh, but uh, yeah, this is the Score North Twin Show. Thank you guys for jumping into some of this off-season discussion. We're going to dive into the comments section of the Score North YouTube channel here, the feedback tab is a great place to email the show here through the Score North app, and then we'll get to an immaculate grid. But uh, also, all week long here, and today is the actual Give to the Max Day, we are throwing our support at Score North behind secondhand hounds. We're all, we're all dog people around here. In fact, can I get the, uh, the wide view here again, Dex? Oh, yeah. Let's see how, how Maya Mackey's been napping uh, as yeah. we record all of our shows this morning. Well, and she's still calm. She hasn't moved. She moved. No, she did move. She did move. Yeah, oh, during, oh, oh we got, oh, got movement. Oh, and, and she just heard us. Hey, Maya. Hey, Maya. <laughs> Look at her. Maya. She's Give like, the max, Maya. Yeah, she gives you, she's like, you got food, fat yeah, boy? Well, yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> let me nap. <laughs> you said food. She burned up. Yeah, of course she did. Yeah, I shouldn't have said uh, that word. It's yeah. taunting her. Uh, but Secondhand Hounds rescues dogs and cats, by the way, from kill shelters and from owners who can no longer provide care. Get them out of the bad situation and into a permanent loving home, proper veterinary care. So whether you have $5 to give or $500 to give, we are encouraging all animal lovers to go to scorenorth.com slash donate on this Give to the Max Day. scorenorth.com slash donate, where our friends at Nutrisource have already matched the first $1,000 that we have raised. So thank you guys, all you animal lovers out there. We appreciate you. And And she's out again. Past the bleep out. Mm. Poor gal. Just waiting yeah, for she's tired. Lunch. They get tired easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's hard I being It's what, uh, oh, I got tired. one of Vinny's things. So we love giving the lick pad. We will, we'll free some peanut butter on a, on a doggy lick pad. Yeah. And he'll lick that lick pad. And then he is just exhausted from the licking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like we'll take it an hour nap afterwards and just... Same thing, just like passed out on his side with peanut butter still on the roof of his mouth. Just, all over. <laughs> yes. just dead. But he's happy. He that's is. all that matters. Yeah, it's true. Oh, it's he's true. a happy boy. Yep. 
So, all right, let's dive in here. Let's get to some some questions from listeners. Slow Joe chimes in and says, so there's a there's an update on the Twins TV situation. It's a small update, but the the end of Bally Sports, whatever, North, Southwest, all of the Bally's is officially it's going to it's going to go dark after the 2024 calendar year. So whether you're a hockey team, a basketball team, baseball team, you will no longer be able to negotiate even like a one year deal with them. Everyone has to find their own TV deals. So that's kind of where we're at here. Twins are still looking to figure out what they're going to do. Slow Joe chimes in, says, why don't you just broadcast free over-the-air games and find new sponsorship partners to recoup the cost? Major League Baseball has a problem reaching fans already. The Twins need to utilize social media and create content for fans, like behind-the-scenes stuff. What They do some of that stuff already, like on their website. Their free broadcast should be pushing fans to watch their other channels and et cetera, et cetera. Come join the 22nd century. So basically like create more content online over the air, your games, more content, and then get advertisers to sponsor it. I mean, the problem is I don't think they think they can get, they need to recoup $55 million. I, I think it's hard for them, even with like a wider audience to just, Oh, so three sponsors are going to write us checks for $15 million a year. Like I, I think that's a daunting task for them. So they're trying to figure that out. So the Phoenix Suns and Utah Jazz, I think, are two examples of teams that are putting a bunch of games. It might be the Vegas Golden Knights, too, putting a bunch of games now mm-hmm. on o- over-the-air television to try and do exactly this. Um, this is such a nuanced conversation, though, because it's not just – I think people my age just think in terms of TV – when it's yeah. TV, TV as we know it is really going away. It's turning into streaming. It's ter- turning into how can you get people engaged in your product through means that aren't traditional. And so I think what we're going to see here, I mean, baseball has a golden opportunity if they don't piss it away, which they might, I, but I think they're smart enough not to. They have a really good opportunity here to embrace the future. And while I do think putting games on over-the-air free television, a package, is a very smart idea because it sort of smooths things out a little bit. That's not how you're gonna. That's not how this is going to work long term. No. And and you maybe so we'll, I, go back to once a week so that you can hit that yeah. audience like you know four this times all, a month, right? But this is all about streaming. This is all about how are you going to capitalize on the opportunity to monetize your product through streaming? Because look, people Declan's age. 30 and certainly in their 20s they don't think of this as how can i watch a game on channel 45 or yeah. like you know how 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 can i get a fox plus game they think of this Just as what's the, tell me the app to go to yeah the I'll easiest pay for it yeah exactly exactly so i think that that's the key thing not just for the twins but for the wild for the wolves how do you and your mm-hmm. league and i keep saying this one Where of the most it? important one of the most important things about this entire discussion is the leagues have to get involved. This can no longer, in my opinion, be a team by team. Well, we cut our own little deal, right? Like we got our own streaming. That's great. But this needs to be, the leagues need to step up here and get involved and come up with a model that's going to work, not for the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, but work for the entire league to keep it as healthy as possible. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, They need just better a plan here like I know some people kind of mock the MLS but I liked what the MLS did it's like if if you are diehard soccer fans come to our service there's no blackouts we'll do we'll, we'll give you everything you need if you want to watch Columbus crew versus the New York Red Bull go ahead here it is like I think that was genius by them I liked that plan for them 
Um, I had to explain to my future baby brother-in-law that I had like, so I have like an over the air, you know, square antenna that's on the window. That's how I watch the over the air football games and all my local networks. He's yeah. 17. And I had to explain to him what that was. And I still don't think he grasped what the hell that thing was that I've been using to, to Judd's point. Like they don't yeah. know what, what, what it is and, and what they probably want, just like everything else that my generation and then even Gen Zers want are streaming. They, they want, like, I have five streaming apps, and I even hoard them all out to my siblings, and then every six months I collect bills for them to use all the streamings that we have going on. So I think that's the plan. Like, you got to make a streaming service, and that's probably going to be your best bet. But, I mean, I get why going over the air would make a lot of sense, too, to reach more of the households. And the streaming service has to work. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. You can't come on and be like, well, we're working things out. We're new. We don't know what we're doing. Yeah, you have from day from day one, from day one, it has to work damn near perfectly. Yeah. It's so funny. Like, dude, the NBA, I'd love to hear the conversations behind the scenes with Adam Silver and some of these executives where we're like two weeks into the season and these idiots at Bally's. And I don't, I don't mean like the tech, the tech people are probably I'm sure they laid a bunch of people off and they're probably spread. I'm talking more about just the decision makers. We're going to go and we're going to buy all these RSNs. And then five minutes later, after two seasons, basically, we're going to realize, oh, we misread the landscape of where content's going. And uh, we bit off more than we could chew building an app for millions and millions of fans. Like, screw you guys. Have a better vision for what's happening, right? Yep. So, okay, Um, Jeff in Arkansas says, you guys are so much smarter than me in this whole area of media and where it's going. By the way, we've noticed that you guys have a huge interest in, like, the the Twins' media uncertainty, who's the play-by-play guy going to be on TV, where are their games going to land. So we see a ton of comments coming in and questions, and then we can even see, like, some of the most listened-to episodes this offseason have been speculating about the media stuff, so. Uh, so here we go. Jeff in Arkansas says, you guys are much smarter than me in this whole area of media and where it's going. Oh, for that much smarter. And um, I'm wondering if there's any possibility that Hubbard, the company you guys work for, could broadcast Twins games live on YouTube on the Scorn Earth YouTube channel and sell advertisements there and get the Twins back their $50 million and pay the broadcasters. I mean, we would love to have the Twins on the Scorn Earth YouTube channel. I'm not sure, like, if they're going to put their games on just straight up YouTube, they could just put them on their own YouTube channel. Right. So, yeah. right. And I, and I think where there's going to be some short-term pain here, but eventually, I do think it's going to work um, better than the RSN model. Is the Twins are probably going to have to hire, or not probably, they're going to have to hire their own staff to sell. Yeah. Um, and that's where, again, that's where baseball could help out. Because what if baseball actually had a, and they, they've got already a media branch what if baseball then deployed that branch to begin selling advertising on the games that are being streamed by teams so yeah. instead of like each team like the dodgers have to get their own sales branch and the red Sox and the marlins right what if baseball had had an in-house option that could help help out there that's where i think these leagues have to get involved um the ota thing though i i will say this i wouldn't be shocked if if uh 45 which is owned by us I wouldn't be shocked if, again, they got involved in some type of OTA element at some point. Yep. So, yep, it's uh, maybe maybe we're kind of going back twenty five, thirty years where you've got most of your games are on cable and the and the and that's yeah. a different pricing package. But then, like for promotional purposes, let's just make 
put, put one game a week on straight up broadcast TV for anybody and everybody. Outstate Minnesota can watch it. Uh, William N 86 says Jorge Polanco is the best second baseman available on the market and will cost with his $10 million salary, 70% market rate. My guess is they package him with another player for a starting pitcher. And to William's point, looking at the second base free agent market, it is a disaster. (laughs) Ahmed Rosario is probably the top available, but then it's like 35 year old Whit Merrifield. Merrifield. Quick Marafield. He's 35 already? I know. He's yeah, man. Got him. Quit Marafield. Name sounds like he's 85 years old. Uh, Adam Frazier. Frazier. 32 and not the same player he was. Elvis Andrews is 35. He's on the list. Like, I mean, they, if a team needs a second baseman, the twins have plenty. So they should be able to strike up some value for Jorge. I would not be surprised. So if, if they traded Polanco and a prospect for a starting pitcher, what do we think on, on the quality of starting pitcher coming back? Because I'm guessing it wouldn't be super high, but it might it might be, be a guy that could certainly slide in as like a fourth guy. Yeah. I think the question would be, if you're trading one year of Polanco, what else would you have to include to get like multiple years of team control on a starting pitcher? So yeah. a rise for Pablo made sense because both guys had like three or four years left of team control. So you're trading, you know, multiple years of arise for multiple years of Pablo. If you're trading one year of Polanco and he's been banged up a lot, right. What else do I need to throw in to get more than just like a one year rent a pitcher? Although if I don't think the brewers would be interested, but if I could get Corbin Burns one year of Corbin Burns somehow for one year of Polanco plus something else. But if you're the Brewers and you're going to start trading guys like Corbin Burns, you probably want a prospect back, not yes. one year of Polanco. So, right. I agree. You know, uh, Alan Waltman says, here's an idea. Give Byron Buxton a first baseman's glove to get him back on the field. If Bryce Harper can do it and go from outfield to first base, so could Byron Buxton. Would you rather see if you had to make a choice? Hey, we're going to put Byron Buxton back in the field. Would you rather, rather try again in the outfield? Or would you rather put him at first base where maybe he's less likely to, I don't know, do damage to himself? This is tough because, I mean, Bryce Harper is now the full-time first baseman, and he was a great athletic outfielder. Um, Not at the speed uh, that Buxton could cover, but a really good defensive outfielder. But then he started getting injured, and they just decided, hey, we have to protect our investment here, and we're going to take him out of the outfield even though we can DH him too, sometimes too, we're actually going to put him at first base. My first initial thought on this is absolutely not. I don't want to do this. But then I think of this Bryce Harper plan where, hey, we had this investment here. When he has been healthy, he's been a damn good player. And we yeah. have to figure out ways to keep him in the lineup every day. And so I'm not completely against it. I, I At one time I was, but I'm not completely against the idea of him maybe playing some first base. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Judd? God, God, this is difficult because I'd almost rather <laughs> run him into the ground in the outfield trying there 
but they can't um, even they can't even get him out. I know, there. That's the I know. And well, well, here's my so here's my real question. All right, and I know he's had another surgery that's supposed to solve the problem. Blah blah blah. This is the same things that we heard last year. Here's my question about Buxton. Period. Is he in a position to stand up for nine innings anywhere right now? Because like like the biggest thing with and you're him standing and, on dirt versus grass. Does that make a difference? Well, First base versus outfield. But like two thousand two thousand twenty three, it wasn't this whole thing of well, it's crashed into too many fences, right? So we're concerned yeah. about that. It was literally we don't think he can stand out there. And I know they're saying it's fine now. I'm not buying that. So I guess my biggest question, if I could talk to the doctors, would be: Is he even in in a position to go stand at? in first in center field in right field i would prefer i would prefer in my ideal world what i would do if he can do this is corner outfield test him out there i feel like first base is just he's he's devalued if he can't play the outfield and and i almost like phil's idea of trying to get julian to first base more than buxton that's where i'm at i feel like I would. Here's what I would do. Here's my official take on this. The okay? pain in this conversation between, from all of us dude. is just I so. Uh, I would cross. Here's what I would do. I would cross train Buxton center field and corner outfield so that I just have more places to put him in the outfield. I would go after an actual center fielder that can that I can trust to play, whether it's a Kiermaier or bringing Michael A. Taylor back or uh, like Harrison Bader doesn't do a ton for me, but. You got to find someone, or maybe Austin Martin. But I, I, I'm going to make sure if if I'm going to run Buxton out there, mm-hmm. the older he gets, he's what is he? Thirty years old. The more banged up he is, I might have to transition him to a corner spot. And I am, I'm going into the season with Edward Julian as one of my two first basemen, him and Kirloff. And so now I, I've opened I up like second base for Brooks Lee at some point. Yep. So, okay. Let's see. Uh, let's go. Ah, here's one. It's a payroll one from Doc. You defended billionaires on yesterday's show. Here we go. From a couple days ago. Yep. Saying that there should be a limit on years a player's uh, on years a player can get with a contract. You all caps. You defended billionaires. Uh, I heard the same thing, Phil, from you. I <laughs> I agree completely. Doc, you okay. go, Doc. Here, here, let's do this for a second. Let's put the billion, like the billionaire thing off to the side and let's talk about, cause it really has, we're not trying to like protect billionaires from spending a lot of money. I think the spirit of the conversation from my perspective was how do we create a more organized and exciting free agency period for fans? That's what NBA has. That's what NHL has. They literally, like the NFL literally calls it free agency frenzy week on NFL network. Tonight, starting at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, it's a frenzy of free agent signings. Baseball doesn't have that because there's no structure. NFL teams, basketball teams, they know they've all got a salary cap. Like they all, there isn't a team sitting out there that can maybe offer a hundred million dollars more or whatever. Like there's. So if I, I'm trying to think of ways when there's no salary cap, which there's not going to be a salary cap in baseball anytime in the near future because the, the big markets don't want to give as much money to the small markets. That's whatever. Yeah. So how can we create a little more structure so that players sign more 
quickly so that when the window opens, you know that something's going to get done like in the next couple weeks. Eliminating the ability to negotiate nine years versus 15 years. Oh, my client's worth a 15-year contract. Ah, we think it's more like 11, and then they stare at each other for three months. Mm -hmm. The longest contract you can sign is six years, seven years in baseball. If you want to go up the ladder on average annual value, that's fine. You can do that. But like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm a solutions guy. I'm looking for solutions here. Well, and you're not. So, so where Doc is wrong is we aren't defending billionaires. What we're doing is trying to help them and save them from their own stupidity at times. But that's defending billionaires too. You're trying to take you right. Know, but I'm doing it for the sport. I'm trying to make this I'm more defending- exciting for fans. Is what I'm trying. Absolutely, to Absolutely, but but. Between us, what we are doing is trying to increase excitement for fans, i.e. us. It's selfish. Who cares? But then the second thing is, I'm also, I am good of the game guy. I'm looking at the game and saying, what makes it look? On You know, Dex will agree fully, and Phil probably will too. On the day that Parisian suitors signed their 13-year contracts, it was mm-hmm. awesome, right? Like, the, like the, 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 the wild got these two guys. And slowly but surely, you began to realize those contracts were stupid, okay? The league has since passed rules, the National Hockey League has, saying if it's a player from the outside, he can sign for seven years with his new team. If you're yeah. keeping him, eight years. That's, that is, that's not defending billionaires. That's trying to save them from short-term sugar highs what, that become long-term pains yeah. in the asses and, and aren't fun. And it makes it, it 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 makes the decision quicker. Yeah. Okay. We don't have. To, we're not negotiating over term. We all agree that this awesome player is going to get the maximum length of contract. So now it's either going to be fifty million a year or forty million a year, and it just right. it quickens the negotiation process so that guys can sign and it's exciting. But Doc, we're here for the game. Doc, come on, guys. <laughs> like like Declan, Phil, and Judd, we are here for the game, Doc. We're not here for individuals. We are here for the sanctity of the sports that fans love because we know what's best for them. Yes. Sanctity is also a great. <laughs> That's a great very sanctimonious. Yeah. Sanctity sanctimoniously. <laughs> so, all right. Thank you guys uh, for hitting us up with, with questions. We, we, we're always monitoring the YouTube comment section and the, uh, the feedback emails in the Scornorth app. So we'll, uh, we'll do this at least once a week and just create a little interactive Yep. path between us and the audience so and twins play-by-play guy let's go let's go let's go on the play-by-play guy i'm excited yeah what are we are we the tv anything? guy the radio guys, guy if it's i've TV heard early guy. december my spies have told me okay. they'll have a decision by early december they haven't reached out to you yet judd to do an audition you're the one that 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 volunteered for well Not i me. would totally if they were interested i, I have would, no interest and in, i'm too if old the twins were interested in me doing that job i would be interested in doing I that feel, job I feel like I wouldn't be allowed to really reflect how I truly would want that's to my problem too do, that's why do the they job would, and plus <laughs> i I would insist on on the old school Harry Carey clause, which is surly in the booth, yeah, or you can hear the cans clanking <laughs> yep. around his and, feet. and then the post game show comes on, I got my scorebook, my big glasses like this You're and crazy. and I've got a big thing of cans right there <laughs> and shirtless. Shirtless, take me out to the ball game. Leaning over yep. into the into the crowd Kir- with your microphone. off spelled backwards <laughs> is Follicant. <laughs> what a what a name! What? Why can't this what, Byron Buxton out of the lineup today? Why can't this guy stay healthy, Steve? It's a one, a two, a three. God, I love him. 
tank. I, I, that's what I want. Dave St. Peter, I will do the twins if I can have the Harry Carey clause. <laughs> oh, man. All right. It's time for an immaculate grid here, boys, where I don't know. We don't we, we don't I guess we'll put uh, we'll put seven minutes on the clock just to keep us organized here. OK. OK. Ooh. And so what we're doing here, Declan told us right before the show because we aren't doing daily twin shows like we were during the season, so we're going to go back. If the twins are on the grid during the week, we're going to go back and find them. I will find you. I will put you up on the screen. So the twins were on the grid last Sunday. The, the, Declan and I love the Saturday-Sunday grids because it gives you all these crazy categories. Yep. Saturday and here's special. one of them. Saturdays. Oh, this isn't bad. Saturdays, I, you can go really low. It's like when they put the... It's like. Like moving the T's up to the whites, you know. Oh yeah. I feel well, like I, I play from the I whites. Feel so like, that's okay. I feel like they've <laughs> helped this. They've gotten a little bit more creative with with categories, with, which I, I like. In fact, today's grid has the one one, one team. team. Yep, the Judd plan. That was what I told them to do. So they're clearly stealing from me. So here's what. You know, and by the way, we could let's if we rattle this one off, we could do a second grid. You know, we got all day okay. here. We could do today's grid if you get one. Um, but this is from a few days ago here because the twins are on it. So we're looking for a twin who was a brave, a twin who was a red, and a twin who was a met. So many fun options. Looking for a brave who had a 30-30 season, a red 30-30 season, and a met 30-30 season. And then we're looking for the rookie of the year ones kind of suck because there's not that many to choose from. Right. So it kind of ruins your rarity score. But we're looking for yeah. a brave rookie of the year, a red rookie of the year, and a met rookie of the year. Okay. Should we start with the twins ones and just knock these out? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we're looking to go really obscure here if we can. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. A twin um, brave, a twin red, and a twin met. I got my pen ready to take some. Notes. So, uh, Ramon Ortiz, I believe, was a red. He was obviously a I twin. That's right. Uh, he was with the Angels. Um, that's right. Ramon Ortiz is an option here. Kyle, I'll give you two. Okay. Go ahead. Kyle, Kyle Loesch is an option here. Yep, yep. I'll, I'll give you a couple obscure bullpen guys from oh, the God. second year I covered the Twins oh, beat in 2011. And, what do you got? Well, one of them was 12, I think. Okay. The uh, the Twins shared a pitcher with Braves history that was on one of my fantasy baseball teams in, like, 2009, and then he went to the Twins in 2011. He had, like, shoulder surgeries and stuff. Chuck James... Do you guys remember Chuck James? Did he? Not that you bring his promising name up, Braves I, pitcher, and he I was. In, I, I covered I, him when he was with the Twins in two thousand. Wow, and, like and, and he played in games with the Twins. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't play in many games with the Twins, but, but he logged a he game. Definitely was. He was that's on. Gonna, he he got good. there like for the actual major league season because I remember interacting with him in the actual Target Field clubhouse. Okay. Chuck James, just oh, I'll write his name down okay. here. Who was the? And uh, I think. We brought this guy up, um, and we couldn't remember his name, so we looked it up. Who was the Rule Five guy from Atlanta? And oh, I don't know that Scott J.R. J.R. Graham. Oh, yeah, J.R. Graham. Yeah, but I don't know. Rule if he Five. Your, the... Rule Five means you weren't in the major league. Correct. Though. Yeah, and I don't, and I think he might have gone back there, but I don't know he pitched. So yeah, another know. one from from that era of my beat writing days on these bad Twins teams. Um, Jared Burton was a Reds reliever. Oh. Jared Bird. The twins brought in. Yeah, yeah that's pretty that's good. Super, that's super rare. That's so. going to be super rare. I'm trying to think I think Chuck school. James is probably going to be about yeah. as obscure as you can find. I'm yeah, I'm certain on that one. That's going to be point zero zero one. 
it's gonna be super rare. Point zero zero two. Point zero. Let's go, dude. Chuck nice. Dang. Let's go. He he looks happy to be there. That's what he looks. Chuck. Here's looks. a. Here's a twin met from the 90s that Jeb will remember. Do you remember? And this guy, I don't think this guy won Rookie of the Year with the Mets. I don't think he did. But he, he made a splash with the Mets in the mid-90s, and the Twins got him in the late 90s. Outfielder named Alex Ochoa. Oh, yeah. Butch Husky would work here, too. Butch Husky works as well, yeah. yeah. But Alex Ochoa was... Jason Tyner, oh, I think, would work here. Tim, Tu- Tim Tuffle, Wally Backman. Tim Tuffle. Tim Tuffle, yeah. Tim Tuffle, I think Alex Ochoa is going to be more rare than Tim Tuffle. Now, Tim Tuffle's from you call the 80s. It. You call it. I think a 90s guy's going to be more. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm more comfortable with. With who? It's up to you guys. Ochoa. I'm just Ochoa. O-C- Al- Alex Ochoa. O-C-H-O. O-C-H. Yep. O-C-H. Alex. Alex. It's O-C-H. Alex, and then last yep. name. O-C-H. Hold on. I did Alex, dude. Oh, I know. Yep. There we go. L. <laughs> yep. There you go. 0.04. 0.04. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Tim go. Tim Tuffle would have been him. I bet Let's Tim Tuffle's go. 2%. And then, uh, I mean, John's Reds, John Smiley, um, Kyle Loesch, I, yep. Jared Burton, man. Like, that's Jared probably, Burton's going to be pretty good, man. Jared Burton's going to be more Arquise. rare than John Smiley. I'm trying to think of other guys, but. Burton? Give me the knee up. People don't remember relievers. That's the thing. If you can key in on relievers, and yeah, relievers yeah. bounce around too, all over the yeah. place. Let's right. be under one. Be under one. Come on. Point one. Point one. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Good That's stuff. good. That's that guy was filthy for a couple He was. He was pretty good. good. Casey Fiend, right. Jared Burton. Okay. Now we get to the. Okay. For the, for the Mets, I'm wondering. Uh, I'm fairly certain that both Dwight Gooden and Daryl Strawberry won Rookie of the Year in the '80s because they both came on. Gooden was '84. Uh, they they both came like a couple years apart. I'm pretty sure. You know, I don't think this guy would be that high. I Degrom won it, and even though it's recent, like I think people forget about him. Like I think people kind of forget about it. Like I think the the locks of Strawberry. Mm-hmm. And Gooden are much more relevant in like the history of the Mets than Jacob Degrom winning Rookie we, of the Year. We could, yeah, he did come on kind of out of nowhere to win Rookie of the Year. We also could. This is where like the thirty thirty categories are really hard. Yeah, I mean, there's because you're like, not hundred percent like, sure, but like Daryl Strawberry in the mid eighties was definitely like a thirty oh. plus home run guy with a bunch right. of speed who stole bases. Right, so right, we right. could yep. use Strawberry. And DeGrom is rookie of the year. I'm okay. If you're confident DeGrom won, I'm kind of bad with rookies of the year. So Okay. If we went DeGrom. But he did come on out there. Nine yeah. percent. I mean, this is not going to be. Yeah. And 30s, yeah. 30, 30s are tough. Like, and it, rookie of only... the year only started in like the 50s or something. When did it start? 47. Atlanta might be. 47. So, okay. so oh. Atlanta for 30-30 might be Andrew Jones and Cincinnati might be. Reggie Sanders. Didn't both those guys? Reggie Sanders. Reggie Sanders was a wow. god. He was a god. I'm just, I'm not positive, but Reggie Sanders. he was a, he had speed and Barry power. Larkin do, did Barry Larkin get there? Might Reggie, if you're right about Reggie Barry, Sanders, Barry, that's going to be low. Larkin, Barry Larkin might be right. Brandon Phillips would work. He was a, yeah, he was a sneaky guy. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to write some names down. So Brandon Phillips, B-Phil, uh, Reggie Sanders. Rookie of the year, Johnny Bench, right? 
Ooh. For the Reds? Didn't he win rookie of the year? Kimbrell won I think it. You're, I mean. Craig Kimbrell won it with the Braves. Okay. That's also another one. Uh, an, another name for Reds? I'm just trying to think through. The hardest thing for, for rookie of the year is like it started in the late 40s and there's 30 teams, right. you know, now. Rose? I was going to ask you about Chris Sabo. Oh, Chris Sabo. Oh, I'm not sure on that at all. No, I feel more con- I feel more confident in bench. I think bench Chris Sabo was one of those year. like big time yeah. early early yeah. hot out of the gate. I had a Chris Sabo figurine yeah. in like 1989. <laughs> he was, a he was stout. He was a stout player. The Rex he was built. Yeah, he was really built. Came out hot. Um other uh I'm trying to think of other I mean, Johnny Bench. Let's do it. Johnny Bench. Let's go. Johnny Bench. I'm pretty sure Johnny Bench was rookie of the year. Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench. 20. See, that's, okay. that's, it's not our fault. It's just. Yeah. It well, there's the only so many. Yeah. Yeah. Kimbrel? Kimbrel. Okay. It's Braves. Braves have so many good players. Frank Coor. Ooh. Frank, we are, I think we tried Frank Coor once and we're wrong about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 30 30. Aaron. You said Brandon Phillips? Yeah, Brandon Phillips. Let's try that. I think you're right. I had him on a fantasy team in which he was, he was good for both those categories. For like five-year stretch. 14. Yeah, it's going to be. There's only going to be a few of these. All right, let's do uh, Jones. Jones. Let's do Daryl. Let's do Daryl. Let's try Daryl Strawberry for the, unless you guys have a better Met idea. David Wright. He was pretty quick early in his career. Yeah. Strawberry's going to be if Strawberry's right, it's going to be more rare than David Wright. It's further back in time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that guy's Strawberry. Thirty-two. Oh, oh God, thirty-two percent. Yeah. It's getting this is getting out of hand here. We're we're gonna oh, we're eight help. for nine right now, but it's <clears> just getting out of hand. So yeah. Jones, uh, Hank Aaron, did Hank Aaron do it? He definitely had the the home run part of the it. The home right. runs. I don't know how much he ran. Andrew Jones. I don't. I don't know how much he ran. I think ran. that's a bad I think... guess. Acuna did it. That's gonna be the highest. Yeah. Acuna um, just did it. Yeah, he's in like with I think a seventy-five stolen maybe. bases. Um, Didn't Acuna also win Rookie of the Year? Oh yeah, I think he did. So yeah. I don't know, man. Brave thirty thirties. <clears throat> Let me go back to Milwaukee. Hank Aaron? Did Hank Aaron yeah, steal some bases? See, I, I don't know Hank Aaron stole third. I don't know that he stole. Let's do it. I Let's think, try it. I feel like. Let's try it and do did. today's grid. Hank Aaron. He did. There we go. All right. Nice. He kept it under That's 100. That's not bad. 95. Kept it under 100. What, what was he at? 14. 14? And there's only four. So. Okay. Yeah, four, three, four. Really You're for... basically thinking of the most popular players. Yeah. Yep. For all these. Exactly. So, all right. You all, we actually we got to rec- we got to record some other stuff. So we should probably we'll do more grids next week. Who is on the grid right now today? Uh, Brewers, Cubs. I think. I think I saw them. There was a one team one that was on oh, there. Brewers, Cubs. There is Hall of Fame options for Red Sox uh, Rangers, okay. and then there's only one team yep, options for Cubs, Brewers, and Hall of Hall of Famer only one team. We know who that is, Joe Mauer. Pretty soon, doesn't work right now. But Tony Oliva. <laughs> well, I was going to say it's not right now. Yeah. Tony O. Yeah, Tony O. Uh, 
Cubs. I'm trying to think. Cub, who was a Red Sox. Mark Bellhorn from the 2004. Rick Aguilera. Rick Aguilera. Mm -hmm. The only one team you'd have to just like, I mean, the entire Brewers pitching staff is like homegrown right now. So you'd like Corbin Burns, you could pick him. Uh, Devin, is it Devin Williams? Their closer is homegrown. Yeah, you want to go him. with you want to go with like young current players for, uh, for the Cubs. For the, for only ones. only one team. Uh, Ernie Banks, yep. Ian Happ is only one team on the current Cubs team. So. Hmm. Oh. Try it on. Uh, try it at home today, kids. The the current grid here. That's the Scorner Twin Show and the Immaculate Grid. Please give us a five star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts if you could. It helps spread the word about this twins community that you're helping us build. Thank you guys. We'll see you next time.